We are uh, concluding this morning a sermon series from uh, the theme of overheard at Starbucks, conversations that we have in coffee houses uh, over cups of coffee or hot chocolate or whatever uh, about important life matters. And this morning we're thinking together about uh, how do we share our faith in Jesus Christ. I want to read a passage of scripture to you from 1 Peter chapter 3, and you may follow along in your Bibles or there are Bibles there with the hymnals. Uh, It will also be on the screen, but we'll be particularly focusing on verse 15 of this text this morning, so you may want a Bible open so you can reference that. And I'm going to read from 1 Peter chapter 3, verses 13 through 16, and I invite you to stand. Uh, If you are able, as we uh, share God's word together, and I'll read this aloud, you follow along silently and prayerfully. Now, who will harm you if you are eager to do what is good? But even if you do suffer for doing what is right... You are blessed. Do not fear what they fear, and do not be intimidated, but in your hearts sanctify Christ as Lord. Always be ready to make your defense to anyone who demands from you an accounting for the hope that is in you, yet do it with gentleness and reverence. Keep your conscience clear, so that when you are maligned, those who abuse you for your good, for your good conduct in Christ, may be put to shame. God's word for us. May he bless it. You may be seated. The election should be decided within the next two weeks. Keep it here on Channel 5. We will keep you up to date, where our news is always live, local, and leg-breaking. And now let's go to the weather with Chip Chipperson. Chip. Please tell us you've got some good news for us. We do have some good news, Hank. We have a jet stream that's reached all the way up to Canada, and it's pushed its way all the way back to us, which means we have some great weather over the next few days. Oh, it's going to be wonderful. I've got some other good news for you, too, Hank. Nope. What's that? The good news of the gospel. Want to come to church with me? Well, um, that is... um... Always good to get good news, and that weather is fantastic news. Thank you, Chip. Hank, you're avoiding the subject. What do you have to lose besides your pagan lifestyle? Oh, uh, in our, our next story, it seems that a, uh, <clears throat> a, lo- a local man has uh, found a litter of puppies and is looking for a home for them. It's time for you to come on home too, Hank. Home to the house of the Lord. Well, there you have it. Invite someone, but don't do it this way. You know, there are uh, two extremes when it comes to sharing our faith in Jesus Christ, and they're both really bad options. Uh, The one extreme is what you've just just seen. Uh, It is the extreme of in-your-face, arrogant, uh, sort of over-the-top, and very, very obnoxious. Now, the other extreme is out of embarrassment from that first extreme to do nothing, to not talk about Jesus Christ and who he is and what he means to us. And unfortunately, people think they have to opt for one bad option or the other. And I want to pose a question this morning and simply ask you, couldn't there be a middle way? Couldn't there be a different approach? In other words, is the only answer to bad evangelism no evangelism? Couldn't a better option than bad 
faith sharing, be authentic faith sharing, a better kind of faith sharing than uh, what we do between the extremes of obnoxious and nothing. And the Apostle Peter wants to help us with that in this passage of Scripture. And he gives us some very, very practical advice. And one of the first things he reminds us of is that whenever we share our faith, it always comes to people stereophonically. It comes to them in two ways. It comes to people through our showing and our telling. Not just our showing or not just our telling, but always and ever it's healthy when it's both showing and telling. You can't just show people by your lifestyle about Jesus Christ because if you don't ever tell them where your source of hope is, uh, they're sort of confused. But you also can't leave out the living of the gospel by just telling people about it because that's full of hypocrisy. And so the, the uh, Apostle Peter begins in verse 15 by saying, Sanctify Christ as Lord in your hearts. That is, set Jesus apart as Lord in your hearts. And then he talks about sharing our faith. Now, to sanctify Christ as Lord in our hearts means simply to set him apart as as boss or Lord of our life. In every heart, there is a throne. Or if you prefer, in every heart, there is a control center with a control panel of choices and decisions and priorities and love. And the scripture is saying this morning that only Christ should be on the throne of our life. And only Christ should be at the control center of our lives. Now, two wonderful things happen when Christ is Lord of our lives. Two wonderful things happen in the realm of faith sharing. First of all, when Jesus is Lord of our lives, our showing and our telling line up. Our lifestyle and our words connect. In other words, there's a reduction of hypocrisy when Jesus is Lord of our life because what we tell and what we live are are in harmony. But another great blessing to having Jesus as Lord of our life when it comes to faith sharing is simply that faith sharing, when Jesus is Lord, becomes more natural, more spontaneous, more a part of who we are, and less contrived, less gimmicky, less put on, and less add on. Because you know this is true, don't you? We always manage to talk about that which is important to us. Nobody has to teach us. We don't have to go to a class. We always naturally talk about what we love and who we love. Nobody has to coach us. It just flows naturally. I love the story about the woman who was at the airport, had already gone through security. She was in the waiting area by the gate. The announcement came that the flight was going to be delayed one hour. So she just started flitting from one seat to another, talking to passengers uh, who were going to board with her in a little while. And She'd sit down by a man, and she'd say, do you have grandchildren? And he'd say, yes, and she'd go like that. And she'd go to another lady, and she'd say, do you have grandchildren? Yes, I do, and she'd go like that. She finally sat down by a poor, hapless, unsuspecting man. She said, do you have grandchildren? He said, no, I don't. And she said, good, sit down and shut up, because you're going to look at pictures of mine for the next hour. We always manage to talk about what's important to us, don't we? We always manage to talk about the priorities in our lives. We find a way to work it into conversations. And so if Jesus is Lord, our faith sharing becomes very natural. Uh, Verse 15 says, 
Sanctify or set apart Christ as Lord in your heart and always be ready to make a defense or to give an answer to anyone who asks for the reason of your hope. Here's the biggest indictment on the church today. People aren't asking. The biggest indictment of the church today is that people aren't asking us about the reason for our hope. Now, I should say not enough people are asking us because some people are asking. Uh, If Jesus Christ is Lord and we're living that hope, there will be a holy curiosity that people have and people will grow curious and want to know what it is about us that makes us tick. But the sad thing is, sometimes we live in such a way that people aren't curious, they're not asking. Now, embedded in that little phrase is the, is the assumption that if we get that conversation going and if people are asking, asking implies dialogue. Faith sharing is not monologue, it's dialogical. Faith sharing is not uh, us lecturing other people. Faith sharing is creating conversation. And the dialogue and the back and forth and the careful listening that we have to do. And see, conversation creates space between us and the other person. And, and it creates an opportunity. It gives the other person space. It, re, it, it respects that person's dignity. It respects that person's right to be and right to have opinions. And dialogue is the way to value that other person and love that other person and to listen carefully to their conversation and then to their questions. You know, one of the reasons that we started Life Tree Cafe here at First Baptist Church on Wednesday nights is uh, we wanted desperately to create space for the unchurched and the marginal people to have a safe place to ask questions and to express doubts and to express uh, uh, curiosity, a a place and a time where that could happen. And really, if if you ever think about it this way, Faith sharing is the ultimate hospitality. In fact, I heard someone say that in the 21st century, sharing our faith is really about hospitality. In the 21st century, hospitality is the new evangelism. The way we literally create space for people in our building on Sunday morning and welcome them and in our classes and small groups and over coffee the way we create hospitality in our lives for other people by dialoguing with them and conversation because conversation creates relationships. And that's how faith is ultimately shared. Think about how Jesus practiced hospitality. His doors were always open. He was always dining with someone. He was always asking questions. He was creating hospitality. Think about God and God's hospitality where he invites us into his throne room. He invites us into the Holy of Holies and says that because of Jesus Christ, the curtain has been torn and everyone may come into God's presence because God practices the ultimate hospitality. That's what faith sharing is all about. So, if Jesus Christ is set apart as Lord in our lives, and if we're living in such a way and listening in such a way that we create space for conversations... What's the one topic, what is the number one topic that's going to come up if we create space and conversations with other people and we're sharing our faith in Jesus Christ?
It doesn't matter how you package it. It doesn't matter what name you give to it. Eventually, the conversation with other people is going to focus on hope. Look at verse 15. Set apart Christ as Lord in your heart. Be ready always to give an answer to those who ask for the hope that is in you. Because people are hungry for hope. The world is starving for hope. You know this entire sermon series that we're concluding this morning? I have the mailer right in front of me. Every topic in in the overheard at Starbucks sermon series has really been about hope. What happens when we die? What about the second coming of Christ? What about suicide? Why are people turned off by church? What difference does Jesus make? It's all about hope. And I don't know if you realize it or not, but the letter of 1 Peter has a central theme about suffering. People who were suffering were being addressed in Peter's letter. And I think I hear Peter saying in this verse 15, don't wait till everything is perfect in your life to share your faith. Don't wait till everything's fallen into place to share Jesus with people you care about. Because after all, sharing Jesus with others is not putting on a facade and pretending like everything is okay and inviting them to a church building on Sunday where we all pretend together it's okay. Faith sharing is being honest. It's acknowledging our struggles. And many times, the best faith sharing we do is out of our own pain, out of our own brokenness, out of our own struggles, because people are hungry for hope. They're turned off by the glitzy, everything's okay, I don't have any problems kind of philosophy. People are hungry for hope, real hope. I uh, read in the newspaper not too long ago about Bradley Wright, who uh, is a professor at University of Connecticut. He's done a very unusual religious survey in the United States. Uh, It's a different religious survey because it's not one static uh, check out people's attitudes about religion in one point in time. You know, most surveys, they ask you one question one time, you turn it in, they tabulate it, they publish their results. This is a real-time religious survey. Bradley Wright devised this plan to ask people about their spiritual walk twice a day over a sustained period of time so that there's a real-time discussion about what people experience religiously. Twice a day, they receive a text there to respond to the question about how close they feel to God, how they're feeling spiritually, so that you know, in your own life, you realize, you know, some days I feel close to God and other days I don't. Some days I feel spiritual and other parts of the day I don't. And so over, over a period of sustained time, in real time, he's capturing people's attitudes. And you know what he found out? Fe- people feel closer to God. They feel more spiritual when they're taking walks, when they're out in nature, and when they're in worship services. And guess when people feel the least spiritual, the least uh, closeness to God? When they're watching TV and when they're on their computers. 
Now, I, I take the time to mention all this simply to remind us that people are hungrier spiritually than we realize. People are more open to the gospel of Jesus Christ than we give them credit. But it's not a one-shot deal. It's just like that survey. It's over a period of time. And that's why relationships and conversation are so important so that we are faithfully there in the times that there is that openness and that hunger when people have concerns about hope and what life is all about. But we're not done with this text because in the very next verse, he says, not only set apart Christ as Lord, be ready for an answer with people who ask, for people who ask about the hope that's inside you. He also says to share with gentleness and reverence. We're to share Christ with kindness and respect. Now, there's a process there. I think there's an order, and I want to show you on the screen the order that I think that it needs to happen. Uh, There is a humility, followed by a hospitality, followed by a curiosity, followed by a boldness. Now, Now, think about that for a moment. The humility means that we don't come at people as if we have all the answers. We don't come at people in a condescending, arrogant way but we come lovingly as servants. And then hospitality. It might mean literal hospitality, having them in our homes, sharing a meal, buying them coffee out, whatever it might mean. And then curiosity. Not only them getting curious about Jesus and our hope, but us being curious about their lives, about their jobs, about their families, about their heartaches, to be genuinely curious about their lives. And then After those things, we've earned the right to be bold and to say, this is who Jesus Christ is to me. This is the difference that Jesus Christ has meant to me. But I want to show you something. Flip that around and invert it, and it doesn't work. A lot of people used to be trained to start with boldness, to get in people's face, to start telling them all the things wrong with their life, It doesn't work when you flip that around and start with boldness because if you start with boldness, you never get a chance to do those other things. You never get a chance to practice humility and curiosity and hospitality because they're just frankly not interested in know-it-alls and holier-than-thous. So I guess a a formula I would come up with would, would be this. Less tell... I'm sorry, less yell, less tell, more listen, more love. That's a simple formula. Can you say that out loud with me? Less less yell, less tell, more listen, more love. We don't yell at people to get them to come to Jesus. We don't tell them things to get them to come to Jesus. We listen and we love. You remember a couple of weeks ago I told you about a book written by Schultz and Schultz, uh, a book why nobody uh, wants to come to church anymore. And they surveyed people about the reasons that they were turned off by church, and hypocrisy was one of them. I want to show you something that Schultz and Schultz worked out as, as responses when we've earned the right to listen and respond. When people say, I feel judged, Jesus replies, 
you're welcome just as you are. And that should be our response too. When people say, I don't like being lectured to, Jesus says, your thoughts are welcome here and your doubts are welcome here. And if Jesus says that, we should say that too. That's the hospitality I'm talking about. That's that humility. And then the next frame, uh, if uh, too many hypocrites in the church, we respond, we're all in this together. God is irrelevant to my life. We lovingly respond with life and witness. God is here, ready ready to connect with you in fresh and powerful ways. There are ways for us to share Christ if we avoid the shortcuts and we really learn to love people where they are and as they are. A couple of years ago, I was in a uh, training conference in Northern California. People from all over the nation were there, and uh, one night I was sitting for dinner uh, with, uh, at dinner with a, a new friend, a, a pastor, a fellow pastor, and uh, he started telling his story. He was an ex-con. He had served hard time in Folsom Prison in California. Uh, he had been there for several stints. He, he was a repeat offender. He said after his third time, he finally realized he needed to quit wasting his life and throwing it away. And he said uh, his third stint in prison, he said there was this inmate who was a Christian, and he, this is the way he said it. He said that, that fellow inmate was a Christian, and he kept getting all over me with prayer. That was the way he phrased it. He said, he just got all over me with prayer, and he wouldn't let me go. He just got all over me. And then he said, that's when I came to faith in Jesus Christ. I got out of prison that third time, and I've stayed out, and now I'm a pastor. And that evening, that beautiful summer evening in Northern California, we were sitting at the table together, and he just sort of looked out the window far away, and this is what he said as he kept thinking about that that person who'd shared Christ. He said, he just kept showing me Jesus. He just kept showing me Jesus. He just kept showing me Jesus. He said it three times. It's what it's about. It's what it's about. Let's pray together.